Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of Transformation Church. Uh, again with me today is the Lead Pastor, Brad Livingston. Hey guys, uh, it's good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And uh, coming off a tremendous week, a great Sunday, man. It yes. was a really, really good Sunday and God's doing some amazing stuff. You know, we've... Um, January may turn out to be, may turn out to be a record setting month for us Yeah, in a few different ways. So, um, and that's just a, that's a God thing, man. And it's also, it's, it's fantastic. You know, we were just talking about it at lunch, how, um, you know, we kind of issued a, a, not really a challenge. I think we communicated a great opportunity, yeah. uh, in week two, when we talk about impact and kind of giving some people some next steps, like, you know, invite, you know tell your story, add value to people, you know, like mm-hmm. give them an invite, invite them to your small group and save them, invite them to a weekend service and save them a seat. And, uh, we're really seeing that happen. Uh, and it's been phenomenal. Yeah. We've had a lot of, um, uh, first time guests and stuff the last two weeks, you know, I'd be interested. It's, uh, there's been a lot of young people, Lots like, like college people. age. People. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, then there was like, I met two couples. Must be that hip pastor on stage. <laughs> but we met you know those two couples i met that were like seemed like college age and then i know there was um a couple of those like two girls together i was yep, talking to yep. anna she was telling me um yep. you know like i i'm i'd be curious of what's the cause if anything or just is it is it coincidental um but i would be curious uh, you know what, yeah. what maybe that is maybe obviously we have a you know i don't say a huge uh we have a decent social presence, I, I, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but, but most of cool. most of the people I talked to, man, it was, uh, like, you know, I got a friend or I heard about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth is, uh, it's it's really Let, happening. Let's talk about word of mouth. Let's okay. Let's talk about word of mouth. <laughs> because because I got a so for those of you who who don't know or never were a first time guest with us part of our first time guest how we how we communicate to first time guest people that show up that fill out a connect card is we kind of send this like welcome email like thanks for being with us whatever um and in that there's a link to a survey that we ask them to take they don't have to obviously sure. um and it's and you can be anonymous it's just it's a survey monkey survey um and it's it's like 10 questions and it's kind of more it's it's if anything it gives us feedback on somebody's experience like uh, you know was signage clear could you tell where to go how was the message and they kind of rate it and that type of thing and then there's an op- option that they can leave their contact info like who they are and, and that but they ha- they can remain anonymous which not most people don't fill out the survey um but we do get some and it's interesting to see the responses um never had anyone leave anything negative in the survey um so either people that had a negative experience just didn't or 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 we're doing good so either either one of those but um i got one this morning from someone from sunday um where was i going what were we talking about word of mouth mouth. okay (laughs) so so one of the questions in the survey was is um how did you hear about us like um, word of mouth is is one, uh, social media, advertising, you know, other whatever, uh, and and word of mouth is like ninety percent. I think it was like ninety one percent of the responses or that. You know, even though we do run ads even on social sometimes, um, and you know we our people share stuff and we post totally. we post every day on Facebook and and Instagram, but still word of mouth is the biggest thing. So sure. word of mouth, man, is one of those things where. It's especially in a town like ours, I would guess anywhere, but we're not a huge city, you know. Right. It goes so far. It's weird. Pensacola's it, a weird town, it, though. It's 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 weird it's city. where it carries weight, right? And it's like it's the idea of like I always find things like Yelp interesting. Right. I find Yelp interesting because like if you've like we listened on the Stafford Tree, we watched that comedian, but he has a whole bit. Sebastian Maniscalco right, does a right. whole bit about like who has the time to go write a review on their dinner right like you go to dinner like you're gonna tattletale on the restaurant but what's funny is and i don't know if i would say at least 40 and under 
reviews go a long way. Like how many people, even sure. on Amazon, right? You go uh, to buy Amazon's something. Huge, yeah. You go to buy something. You look down to see what other people have said about this product. Totally, totally. Um, but you know, I do it with restaurants. Like if I want to try a new restaurant, I go look up like a Yelp and I look to see what have people said. Of like, course, yeah. Restaurants and hotels, I think, are the huge. Well, yeah. You know, so um, huge. Uh, so <laughs> the the word of mouth is is big, and I don't. I wonder if enough churches don't think about that, you know? Well, sure. I think especially, you know, I think for our city, and we're we're in the Bible Belt, you know, we're in the belt buckle of the Bible Belt. Boy, howdy. Uh, and I think that um, 67% of our county doesn't go to church on any given Sunday. However, I bet you a good chunk of that 67%, if you asked them. Oh, no doubt. They Bells? had a home church, quote oh, unquote. Oh, I see, yeah. Um, and so it's like, oh yeah, it's when, cultural Christianity. We, we go to, yeah. and then whatever church they would name off, um, even though they don't really, you know, maybe they may be ENC only, you know, Eastern Christmas, but, um, but nonetheless, um, and I think because of that, people don't actively talk about where they go to church. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't come across people often that are like, yo, you gotta come check out. And then you name off their church or whatever. I just don't, I, you don't hear no. it a lot. And then, you know, there's, there's churches in town like, the, you know, I'm, we're both from here, you know, right, that, right. that you like have passed them your entire life. Yeah. But I've never met anyone that says they go there. Now, surely there's people that go there and I'm not, yeah. we're not, this is not a negative thing. No, we're no, not no, trying no. to talk negative no, about no, no, churches. No, absolutely not. Um, but it's, it's like, there's just like some, I'll say larger, but you know, bigger than 50 people or so attend some of these churches. Right, um, of course. That, that I've ne- never encountered anyone that says, yeah, we go there or have been. I find that interesting. Um, and we say all that to say that word of mouth is powerful. And I think that one of the biggest tools that churches have to for 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 increasing your first-time guests, you know, we use first-time guests, increasing your visitors. Right. Um Is is your the people in there. The problem is we're not in this invite. A lot, a lot, so many Christians... You know, it's not a, it's, it's not an invite culture. Well, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. I think that you, you know, we, I was talking to, we got this mi- uh, military, two people that are in the military and uh, Jess and John, hope you guys are listening right now. Um, they who, listen to our podcast. Who is it? Jess and John from uh, this movement that's a prayer. Oh yeah, Jessica. Yeah. Jessica so, is how Jessica. I know her. Is yeah, it yeah. Jess? Does she go by Jess? I don't know. We'll have to find out. If you're yeah, listening, I'll, send us a message. <laughs> so, um, but I was talking to them um, at prayer on Saturday. So yeah. prayer was over, we were hanging out or whatever. And I was telling them, I was talking to them about the concept of heralding the gospel and even heralding your church about you can, you know, h- how to communicate and even invite people to something, but in a very non-threatening way. And so I was talking to them about this idea of heralding. And, and when it comes to heralding, you can, you know, if you go, for example, Justin, there's a new restaurant in Pensacola. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, called Urban Swinery. Yes. And it's Justin's spot. I think he's eaten there 12 times and they've only been open 11 days. No, I'm just kidding. They, it, is been my, open a, it is my favorite new restaurant. It's his favorite new restaurant. It, they've been open a little while. But he just o- goes, Only like three months. Not very long. Yeah. But you, you've been there more than enough times. Oh, yeah. P- plenty. Yeah. So cause I know the names of the guys. It's spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows the guys that work there because they work at another <laughs> restaurant we love. We do, but yeah. But anyway, so give him a shout out on Instagram. Shout out to Jared, to Tommy, to Tony. Ryan. Is there a Ryan? There's a Ryan, yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, but yeah, they're they're just it's awesome. All that to say, so Justin goes to Urban Swannery, and uh, after his first time there, he walks in the office. I think it was the next day. It was like, bro, <laughs> this new spot, Urban Swannery. Me and Justin are both big foodies. We love good food. We love good food environments. Yeah, it's um, a great so place. we're just big on. Uh, we love. Yeah, that's just uh, that's a hobby of ours to eat and hang out and have a good time. So, um. He was telling me about it. And he was like, "Yo, the chicken pot pie," and it's yeah. He was just like he was raving yeah. about the restaurant. I'm about I'm excited thinking about it right now. <laughs> and so, as he was telling me about it, he never condemned me for not trying it. He never like attacked me. He never made me feel like I was an idiot because I hadn't been there. He was just telling me about this great place that he really really enjoyed. And I was telling, I was telling them Saturday after prayer. I said, it's the same thing for us. I was like, you know, telling, inviting people to church doesn't have to be this like, hey, I don't want you to go to hell, so come with me Sunday. Like, it doesn't have to be this awkward, over-spiritualized thing. 
you know, just talking about this great thing you've experienced, um, and obviously Jesus being the ultimate experience, but even loving your church, like, you know, and being able to talk to people and say, what are you doing this weekend? And they go, oh, we might go out to Seville Saturday, or we may go to O'Reilly's on Friday. What are you doing? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I thought about, you know, doing this on Saturday, going to Urban Swinery. But on Sunday, man, I I'm, I'm found this church, and it's changing my life. Like, God's using it to do amazing things in my life. And, I, man, I, I genuinely uh, am passionate about it, and it's just been fantastic. And using that as a catalyst, not to make someone else feel dumb because they haven't had something. Right. But just to talk about how good it's been to you. Um, and it was just real helpful to them. The thing is, what I was getting at with all that, going back to the word of mouth thing, is I don't think people are having experiences like that. I think people are checking off their religious box with church attendance. I think they're using church attendance as fire security in their eternal life. You know, um, and just saying like, all right, I'm good. Like, I don't need to... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm protected now. Uh, if I, if I die today, I, I think I'm going to go to heaven cause I've checked off the right boxes and that's not even a right, that's not even correct in and of itself. But all that aside is I think the reason why people talking about TC and we're not the only good church in our city. So I, I understand that there's a lot of really good churches, lots of good churches. Um, but the, I think one of the things that happens when people talk about TC is they talk about it in such a way that people go, man, I've never really thought about going to church lately, but just the way you are acting, like the way that you, it's impacting you, sounds like something I might want to try in my life too. For, for sure. And I think that's what's happening. Tim Williams, Tim Akisha, shout out, shout out to you guys. Like they brought a couple Sunday. Peanut. And, <laughs> I'm, do you know? I met him. Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they brought a new, you know, some new friends, Ryan. And if you guys are listening, shout out to you, Ryan, and your wife. Got to meet you guys on Sunday. But they didn't introduce him as Ryan. I know him as Peanut. <laughs> Peanut. That's his name now. <laughs> Demarcus called him Usher. But anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, bum, 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 bum. John's going to queue up an Usher clip right there. Um, yeah. But all that to say is we we kind of, as we were talking, I could tell that he had never really spent a lot of time in a church environment like that. Like he even made a comment to Tim at one point was like, as soon as I walked up there during worship, how I went up during worship, you know, was unusual for us, but I did that. Tim said he reached over and patted him on the shoulder. He said, Hey bro, is that the pastor? And Tim said, yeah. He said, I'm here already, bro. Cause I had on my Jordan 14s. Yeah. And he was like, this is already my dude. I can tell. And so, um, but all that to say, you could tell it was just refreshing. Like he was like, I don't know. I don't know that he's going to be back Sunday. Hopefully he will. I don't know that TC is going to become a home church for him. I hope that it will. Um, I What I do know is he experienced both church and I hope God in a different way Sunday than he has in the past that may cause him to say, I want that in my life. Yep. Which is crazy because that's exactly how Tim Williams came to our church. He he met or he knew Jasmine Tremaine's sister. Shout out to Jasmine and Tremaine from high school. A lot of shout outs this morning. A lot of them. Anyways, um, he met them or he knew Jasmine in high school, and he looked at Jasmine and um, and was thinking to himself like, man, I don't know what it is about Jasmine, but her church and her religious and her spiritual and God uh, experience and relationship is considerably different than mine. And whatever it is, I think I need to find something similar to that and he came he you know they walked through the doors of tc it totally freaked him out the first time it happened and then they get you know they then they got connected and they started coming back and they got into small groups and and he really connected to pastor dan and how pastor dan fought for unity and yeah uh you know to to see racial reconciliation and all those things uh take place at least in our context yeah um so anyways all that to say now he's doing the same thing for someone else. And that's what happens, man. Is, is I think when, when we communicate something we're passionate about, when we herald it, when we when we tell someone about that great movie we watched or that great restaurant we've been to, naturally people want to go to it too. The thing is, I don't think enough people are doing that about their church experience. And that's sad, but I'm glad yeah. it's happening at TC. I am too. And it's either either people are complacent and not not – Telling the people in their in their sphere of influence outside of Sunday, what God has done in their life and how you know and and just inviting them, um, inviting them to to a church, um, 
to community, you know, that like even if we get off the concept of like inviting people to church, inviting them to community, like right. you know, we offer we as the church yeah. offer something that no no one else can offer. At least you should. Um so either people are complacent and they're just it's 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 their yacht club type you know type mm, thing which huh. part of our code is, is 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 involves that but or i mean i think it's a good Come i think on. it's a good lesson like man i think as church leaders you have to i think the market speaks right and from using True. a bi- using a business term in a sense like obviously people aren't necessarily a market but you know what i mean like Come on. the market <laughs> The, the market speaks yeah, like absolutely um and, and you could not like it but it still speaks it still speaks like the market is the market is the market right and it speaks people brick and mortars are going out of business because of amazon right now you yeah. cannot like it but you can't it is deny it is. the fact that it's the truth right so right but but yeah so you know people vote with their feet come on you know so and we have to do that obviously it's some things are like even you know, cyclical things like that. Like we had in the holidays, we had a dip a little bit in normal attendance because people yeah. go out of town. Like that's normal. Churches sure. across the nation see dip in attendance during the summertime, and yeah, especially and, we have young families, so they're going to see right. grandma, and grandpa with their all, kids, whatever. All that. But if man, yeah. if you go, if you go uh, three, four, five, six months with a dip, it's not a dip. I mean, it's not to say just a, it's, <laughs> it's you, a trend. <laughs> you have to you have to look at like what are we doing that people aren't responding to? Sure, you yeah, know, maybe your service sucks. Like, and I hate to say it like, but like you do have to evaluate those. Like, right, yeah, yeah. I think you constantly have to evaluate how how is our music sound? Uh, how are people you know responding to it? Yeah, or can, how you know from a preaching standpoint? Like, could I be yeah. doing something differently? Or I think people drastically, drastically underestimate. And I can only use us for example. Mm-hmm. I think people underestimate the amount of critiquing and attention to detail that we give our our weekend experiences in church service. Like, mm-hmm. um, man, I mean, you know, I mean, we spent twenty minutes today doing overviews <laughs> of church last Sunday and how this could have changed and that should that should be improved and. You know, let's let's rearrange that. And even for myself, it's like you know, like I, I think I think all the content that we brought to the table in regards to preaching Sunday was applicable. Um, I think it was about nine minutes too much worth of it. Mm-hmm. You know, now some people, obviously, there's always someone out there. It's like, no, you could have gone for thirty more minutes. But the reality is, to yeah. be a palatable experience to people that are brand new believers or not yet believers, it was nine minutes too long. And people go, well, how come it wasn't 10? It's like, well, because we have a number that we aim for. Yeah. And the number was nine that week. You know, and it's just like, you know, so we assess it and we and, change it. And, and all those are lessons. Yeah. So lesson number one, if you want to reach unsaved people and you preach more than 35 or 40 minutes in your service, you, you are preaching for too long. You're preaching to the wrong people. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you know, evaluate your services, do a run through, look yeah. at every little thing. How do you transition from different parts of your service? All those things matter. Cause let's be real. I think as a church, we're competing against the world. Correct. You know, and for their attention, for their attention. Yeah. Right. So we're competing against, uh, so I, I think we should do things well. Um, totally. Anybody. Uh, I'm not even going to say that. But yeah, I think we're doing well. All that to <laughs> you found, say. You found the line? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I didn't want it to turn into that. But all that to say, word of mouth goes a long way. And if, right. if people aren't inviting people to, to the churches they attend, it's either they're complacent or it's not worth inviting people to. Right. And I, and that's sad in both of those. And I think oh. I think you got to be proactive as believers. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. even, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, even for us, you know, the people in our church, they can tell people when our church service is going to end. Hey, will you come to church for me this Sunday? Like nine o'clock service. You'll be out by ten fifteen. That means something. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in church service, bro. Where it was like, hey, you want to come to ten o'clock church service with me? When's it gonna be done? Eh. You know, sometimes it's, between twelve and one. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, uh, wait nah, a second. I got stuff to do. Back. Like, you know, now I know that sounds like sacrilegious to some people or whatever, but uh, uh, it I, sounds sacrilegious to, to religious to people. the people who love a three-hour church service. Well, then there's that. So, but all that to say, yeah, like, man, it, again, it's we're we're intentional. I think people want to invite their friends to church services when the church services are something that they enjoy, not they endure. Because people leave every single church service. And I love Chris Hodges says this. Pastor Chris. 
I love when he says this because it just it it makes me giggle and like want to throw stuff at some people all at the same time. Unsafe people leave your church thinking one of two things: I'm, either yeah. thank God that's over, or I wish there was more. And you had better make it the second one. No one and, leaves church going that was the perfect amount of church. That never happens. Uh-uh. It's always it's, thank God that's over, or well, I wish there was more. It's a, it's it's what comedians do. Yes. You leave on a high note. Exactly. You you leave on the good joke where you, where they wish you could have gone longer. Yep. It's the same thing. Yep. Exactly. And, and um and that's a fine line. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a that's a nine minute line <laughs> or a four minute you know yeah, like that's for a, me it was a nine minute line. Right. On right. That's, yep. a, that's a fine line. So um all all that to say word of mouth is important and we go try to go above and beyond and invest a lot of time on a back end during the week to make sure our um, experiences are good. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Lord can move and should move in any church service. Totally. That's happening. Totally. But we're saying we're not saying that a three-hour church service, God's not moving or doesn't move at a portion of that. Doesn't not matter. at all. That's not, not what we're, we're saying. saying. We're saying we're talking about reaching lost people and attention span. Yeah. If, and- if God doesn't move to two hours into your three-hour service, the unsaved person probably checked out so, you know so let me tell this story because this, this happened to me uh we, we were at the old building on fairfield but to to prove your point um we had a guy come in and he came in uh about 2017 i guess the beginning of 2017 he came in and uh man just he he got saved god just did a work in his heart First of all, we're well aware that if people get saved, it's the Holy Spirit that does that, not us. Mm. It's not our programs. It's not our systems. It's not any of those things. It's 100% the Holy Spirit. John 644 is abundantly clear. No one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them. So we get that, and we firmly put a flag in that position. Um, I would even dare say that salvation is God's idea. Anyways, so <laughs> oh boy, uh, but you can send any emails that you have questions about that to Justin. Uh, but all that to you say, send us to Tim Keller you, at. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can tweet us. We'll we'll oh, uh, we'll get God. into it on Twitter. Oh, gosh, but yeah. all that to say is, as um as the guy got saved, he told me his story, and this is what I was getting at, Justin. This is where it. it talking going back to what you were talking about as he came in he said yeah i came to your church about four years ago and uh we were like really you know keeping in mind that we had changed our church service structure yeah um before that so he came to us when we were having two and a half hour church services and and uh, we'll just say that a lot of what was happening inside the building on Sunday mornings was more catered to the people that w- were members than it was to people who weren't. And he said, I came to your church and he said, honestly, I came looking for Jesus. Like I grew up um, in church, but I did, I, you know, I, my uh, grandma, with my grandma, I left, you know, before I was, before I was eight or nine or whatever. Um, and I came in, I knew I need Jesus in my life. I knew I needed to get saved and I knew I needed to change the direction my life was going in. He said, but after 45 minutes of your music, 15 minutes of your announcements about stuff and people, I didn't know who they were. I didn't know whose baby shower it was. I didn't care. He said, and then after 50 minutes of preaching, I just decided to leave. He's like, because all I wanted was to find Jesus. All I wanted was for someone to walk up to me and say, like, this is how you can meet him. He said, but I sat through an hour and 45 minutes of stuff, of music I didn't understand, using words and phrases that didn't make sense to me, and heard a message that didn't really apply to me. As a matter of fact, it sounded like the pastor was talking about me as if I weren't in the room. Mm-hmm. He said, and finally I left because I you and this is the phrase he used he said you guys were too busy doing things for you that you never got a chance to do something for me and i was like how many churches man in the country and in the world are too busy doing things that they want done in their church service and not introducing the gospel to lost people well too many times i believe people walk into churches looking for jesus and they find us instead All right, guys, it's been a good one. We'll come back to you guys next week. (laughs)
Yeah. No, I Man. agree. I agree. And 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 shame on me as a pastor the day that I make sure that someone sees me in that pulpit and not hears the gospel. Shame on us the day that the music is the best it's ever sounded and been played and we articulate the clearest sermon that we've ever done and God wasn't glorified, Jesus wasn't presented, and the Holy Spirit didn't get a chance to move. Because that's, to me, that's not a successful church service. And I think that it's important we communicate that um, to those that are listening to think that, oh, well, what we need is better systems or whatever. Nah, that's not what we need. What we need is the Holy Spirit to change lives. But I think sometimes we mask and use, we use our desire to be um, irresponsible with time as an opportunity to say the Holy Spirit wants to have freedom. And uh, that ain't that ain't it. Or you spend a lot of time trying to manufacture an environment. Oh, oh let's move on. Oh, boy. Okay. There we'll, we'll it continue. is. Sorry. We found it. Oh, gosh. We found it. Oh, I had to do it. <laughs> so I saw, uh, this last thing, that we, me and Pastor Dan were watching a church service one time. It was someone paste, paste, blah, blah, posted it on Facebook. And so they were, it was like, and so it was a church that Pastor had been to a couple times. And he was like, oh, watch this. I said, what am I watching? He said, I bet you this song that they're singing, they're going to keep singing it until people start running in the sanctuary. And then they'll stop because they know now everyone's ready to participate. But, and I'll, mm. I, I'll be if that ain't exactly what happened. They sat on that song for 15 minutes until people were running around the sanctuary, doing that whole thing, jumping on over stuff and falling on the ground he said and then they moved on to a next song huh. it's like pentecostals let me tell you something <laughs> i have this saying that i use in our new member class i think pentecostals should tighten up and i think baptists should loosen up that's what i think amen baptists loosen up a little bit it's okay you Pentecostals, get it together, okay? <laughs> Y'all be hitting me in the head with the flags. I can't, I can't run around the corner and duck your flag. I trying to play dodgeball and worship at the same time. Like, uh, so. That's so funny. It's, I love making jokes about stuff. All right. Yeah. If you are still with us uh, and you didn't take any of that too personally. <laughs> Listen, if you took that personal, uh, then it was we got bigger you. problems. Yeah, you're you're who you. this is for, okay? So... <laughs> Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah. No. Take notes. But seriously. But no, seriously. We, we um, don't pretend to have it all together. But, we sure don't. But we know what we know is that God's doing amazing things in people's lives. And uh, there is there is a unique calling on TC and what we do. And we're super pumped about that. So uh, for all of you that have been weirded out by crazy church experiences, mm. you won't get that at TC. But I hope that you'll get life and love. And the and- pursuit of happiness. <laughs> It sounded right. It sounded like no, uh, seriously. And, and Jesus, the gospel. No, and, man, uh, it's a great time. I hope I hope you find the greatest reason for life change you could ever have. But here's something interesting because we we were talking about our church because that's what we know. Um, sure, that's what we know. But we mentioned that there's a lot of good churches in this town. Straight up. And what's cool is all the good churches that I can think of that I know are good, like life giving Jesus right. preaching churches, are similar to us in the fat. Not similar to say in in how service flows but similar in you would walk in and feel welcome you know you're they're gonna, you know what i'm saying sure. like there's a there's a similarity in that yeah. uh, that that it's i think though they're seeing growth within their congregations and their churches for the same thing people are leaving and inviting their friends and it's a word of mouth i mean it just works like totally the, there's almost nothing I don't know if there's anything that's like spiritual about that. There's spiritual about the church service itself. Um, I think I, it's crazy what happens when Christians act like they're supposed to. Ooh, see? So <laughs> so there's just so there's so many here in town. And what's cool is the relationships that uh, some of these churches have and are in the process of forming and yeah, strengthening. Sure. Yeah. I think that's cool. So yeah. we're, we're all like on the same team. Like we actually talk to each other as other churches and pastors and stuff. Yep, yep. So this past Sunday yep. was a good day. Good day, and uh, with all that said, we talked about freedom, and uh, not like Braveheart, you know, like freedom. Freedom. It's a great movie. But uh, I'm related to Robert the Bruce. It's in that movie. Really? Yeah. Ro- huh. Royalty, bro. <laughs> Don't know. Is that your German? Is that the German thing? No, that's Scottish. 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 You're Scottish. Yeah, I'm mo- I am too. Mostly German, but I have some Scottish. Yeah. We're, we have and Scottish descent. I have Scottish. Mostly German, because yep. that's on my mom's side. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm quarter German. 
Um, and then, and then on my dad, on my dad's side, I'm a good chunk of Spanish, which I just kind of learned that. And then, um, uh, but some Scottish, yeah. What chunk, what chunk are you? What do you mean? Right, Scottish. What? Do you don't know? You don't know? I don't know. Like 217th? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 217th, yeah. 217th. Oh, that fraction doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, I have no idea. <laughs> so, if you watch The Office, that's why that was funny. But anyways. And if you don't watch The Office, get your life together, okay? <laughs> get it together, right? So, so we talked about freedom, and um, I don't know, J.O., do you... Is, I, are you uh, someone that kind of struggles with some of this stuff? No. Uh, I, well, well, I mean, so I would say on the on the whole, no. Okay. So um, are we going to talk about the five? We're going to list them real fast? Yeah, yeah. Let's, okay. So on, when we opened the sermon, we talked about five areas of, uh, of our lives that uh, most people, at least to an extent, would say they could use some freedom, right? So what, what are those, Joe? Uh, unforgiveness, unforgiveness, continual sin, Ugh. negativity, mm-hmm. regret, regret, and relationships. Relationships. So to answer your question, I think you could probably hit on all these on at some point. Right. Um. You know, I'm I'm terrified of regret, so I don't necessarily know that I need freedom from it. Because uh, when I read that we need freedom from regret, it's people that have regret, and they need freedom from their regret. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I try to live my life that I don't regret things. Um, and obviously I've done stuff that I regret. Like I shouldn't have done that. Like, especially if you talk about like a sin or something, like I shouldn't have done that. I I regret that. Uh, I just don't live in that place because like I, you repent, God's forgiven you and move on. Um, I think most people, uh, what scares me is, is I don't want to be, I think if we went to like what GV like I think if we went and spent some time at nursing homes with really old people yep. who are close to it and you start close to death mm-hmm. and they're at the end of their life um or I think what and you started talking to them and, and asking them stories I think what you're going to hear from them a lot is regret like oh in, in a form like I should have done more of this or I should have took more risk or I should have maybe spent more time with the kids when they were young or like to me, that's all regret, and, right. and I just don't want to have it. Sure. I'm just scared of death, so um, so I'm a bit of a risk taker when it comes to life, like even like big decisions, and right, I'll, right, right. I'll just I'll just go for it. Now the beauty is because I don't I'm not married, don't have kids yet. There's no one affected but me for the right. most part, so I have a little more uh, liberty to do that. I would I would think, but you know, so I'm kind of terrified of regret in a sense. That's what I don't ever want to do. Um, relationships, you know, I don't necessarily that that's happened and. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I need necessarily freedom yeah. from that. Uh, sometimes I can be negative, you know, disguise it almost as being real, like a realist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I can, I can find the negative in something. I don't necessarily, I don't think, I don't, I don't know, maybe my self-awareness is off with negativity. I don't think I'm that negative. I will find the negative in stuff. Right. Like the devil's advocate role, I'm really good at playing devil's advocate, yeah. which can really come across as negative. Yeah, I and, and it's so funny. Uh, not, I haven't really experienced it with you much, um, but I've just experienced just in life that that I can be that person, but it irritates me when other people are. Yeah, like it's you know what I mean. Like uh, you know when you're presenting an idea or you're trying to get something accomplished, and they're like, "Well, what if?" And it's like. <sighs> You know, like, yeah, and that's why I'm not the best in like brainstorming sessions, creative meetings, and because, stuff. yeah, because I won't ever let it get off the table. I almost need the creative people to have the idea, and then I'll find the negative of like it won't work this way, but because we know what we're doing, we got to figure out how to get there, right? But this is a bad idea to go that route or whatever, right? Um, so yeah, uh, unforgiveness, I think, I think I'm the I'm a champion, I'm a pro at unforgiveness. Personally, I feel that way. I don't harbor it. I don't think. <laughs> uh, I don't. Not, I don't harbor it. Like I feel. I don't uh, like. Yeah. You know. I. I pretty. I feel pretty good about unforgiveness. Right. Okay. You know? Yeah. 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 And then when you see continual sin, you. I think our minds automatically go to like big stuff. Right. 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 So surely there's there's things in in continual sin that aren't like humongous things, but it's like. You know, sometimes I consider sin like not necessarily what you shouldn't be doing, but you didn't do things that you should do. Right. Totally. You, you know. You know that type of thing. So. Totally. Um, yeah. 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 So unforgiveness. Yeah, yeah I think. Sin. I think there's uh, there you know there's, 
deep down uh, dealing with uh, unforgiveness a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I deal with unforgiveness on a on a kind of a widespread level. I will say, however, there are some people like from my past that I've just dealt with, you know, over the years that created some significant damage, you know, in my life or whatever that I still blame, um, that I'll put it this way. I have to intentionally think about not having it out with them. You know what I mean? Like I have to, when I think about them, my natural reaction is anger and, and I have to like, no God, like I'm giving this to mm. you. I don't want to be this person. Like I don't want this to, I don't want them to own my thoughts and my emotions. If <clears throat> if I saw them at the mall tomorrow, um, I don't want, hatred or whatever to to rise up in my heart or anger or whatever right. you know whatever and 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 for the most part i don't think that it does but it is something that i you know um i i don't battle a ton of continual sin like re- really um i grew up uh i grew up kind of an angry kid and it wasn't really my parents fault i think it's a i think if pastor Dan was on here he would say the same thing like it's a generational thing like so I, I did, you know, doing drugs and drinking, I, I got into that, you know, in my late teen years. It's so funny. I joke about it with other people. I'm like, by the time I was old enough to drink, I had already quit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was like, but you know, going through some of those things, I, uh, it just wasn't, none of those were struggles for me. When I quit, I quit. I walked away from it. Not a big deal. Didn't affect me. Um, however, anger is one of those things that I more often than not have to kind of put to death. You know, so, um, so, and I would say, you know, that kind of flows, the unforgiveness, anger kind of flows in the continual sin, stuff like that. Um, when it comes to negativity for me, man, I choose, like, I'm a, you, you're around me, like, I'm a glass half full guy, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in a constant state of, like, how can we make this, you know, better? Or where's the, mm-hmm. where's the sunshine in the midst of the darkness? Like, I'm, I'm that guy, you know, um, you know, I'm well aware of things that need to get fixed or whatever, but for the most part, I'm, that's how I roll, you know? Um, so I, I don't consider myself super negative, uh, regrets, you know, I'm kind of like you and I think GV helps with that, that you can't change the past, but if you let it affect your future, now you've really done damage to yourself. Um, and then relationships, um, certainly have some relationships in the past that, uh, I regret, no, <laughs> but uh, none that I think I need freedom from or anything like that. So, but I think that there's a level of, I think there's, you know, if you were going to go one to a hundred, I think all of us score at least a one or a two and some in on all of these, I think um, on some of them, some of us may score a lot higher, you know, in, you know, some, I, I think, for some of us, uh, unforgiveness is something, you know, that we need to be freed from and it's really high on our scale. Maybe someone hurts you, someone really kind of damaged you, you know, it's affected your ability to be in relationships and have true friendships and maybe even how you view God. Yeah. You know, I think for a lot of people, that's a reality, you know, maybe God took a parent that, and you felt like it was far too soon. You needed that parent growing up and, and you're angry at the Lord or, um, you know, or, someone did you wrong at a very young age and you've just harbored unforgiveness ever since then. And man, that can be, well, what people don't get about unforgiveness is like, it's just not for the other person. And, and that's the forgiveness isn't, yeah. Forgiveness forgiveness isn't. isn't, Yeah. Right. So it's like, that's, that's the heart. That's the part. Once you grasp that, it's easy. Yeah. Like, yes. Has Pete have, has there been a, have people hurt me in the past? Sure. Absolutely. But I just, the forgiveness isn't for for them yeah. and harboring unforgiveness like they still sleep fine at night yeah unforgiveness is cancer man it, it, it only hurts the person that it's on the inside that, of. that's right so you know all them little cliches you hear about unforgiveness like it's yeah. like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die and right. all, all those kind of cliches phrases. yourself on fire and hoping that other person dies of smoke uh, right, 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 right all right. those um so it's just once you grasp it it's not like even if someone hurts you like it wasn't cool. It wasn't fair, and it's still wrong. Like, show sure enough. But it's it's for it's for you. Like, um, and once you grasp that, it's like I just you can't. I just refuse to like let anyone. True that. Inha- inhabit that space. That space. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't 
staying rent free in my mind. No, sir. Like yeah. you know, so it's it's uh it's, it's like you got to pep talk talk yourself a little bit. Like I'm still gonna wake up tomorrow and be awesome. I'm yeah. not letting that person or what that situation or whatever bring me down for ten years. Like I'm yeah, out. No, I'm I'm out on that. Not like, doing that. Yeah. What what Justin? Why do you think people sit in continual sin? Is I mean, have you ever thought about that? Yeah. So I kind of view it as um. I've always kind of viewed it, and I think I heard this from uh, what was the dude that used to be at the ramp? Damon, Damon Thompson, Thompson. gangster. I, yeah, I think I heard Damon Thompson one time. I heard someone t- use the phrase, and I think it was him. But he he was talking about sin cycles, and I just kind of found it interesting. Like what he was ultimately saying, you know, he used to preach a lot of times. It was teenagers and stuff at the ramp yep. and all these things. Yep. And I I think he was using sexual sin as his example, mm-hmm. like. I yeah. think it's probably the most common, whether it's pornography, whether whatever, it's sleeping yeah. with somebody, whatever. So I think he was using sexual sin. He was like, I don't remember exactly, but ultimately what he's saying is like, maybe you've messed up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and, you, and y'all slept together and you've repented. But if you got real honest with yourself, you know you're going to do it again. Like you're not free from that sin yet. Right. Like- you're you, sorry, but you're not free. And 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 maybe you you don't want to do it again. Maybe like your intention in this moment in this service is you've repented and you were sorry. But if you got real honest with yourself under the right circumstance, you would your self control isn't there and it would happen again. You're not free from that sin. Right. It's a sin cycle. Or sometimes people cycle. Like you may have period where you're doing something for a lot for a month or two, and then you go six months and you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. And he, but he's like, if you just get real honest with yourself. And you know you'll do it again. You're not free from it. Yeah, I was talking to uh, the pipeline students last week. We were talking about character, um, and I, I used the same thing. I didn't use cycles, but that's you know it's really good. Uh, we were talking about how a lot of the drugs, a lot of the big drugs that people get hooked on, aren't addictive in their nature. Like chemically, they're not addictive in their nature. Um, people get addicted to how they feel when they're doing it, but the substance in and of itself, not like nicotine, like nicotine is addictive by nature. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of the drugs don't have chemicals in them that cause them to be addictive. They're addicted to the feeling. Um, which is the reason why somebody will binge. So that's why a lot of those drug addicts are bingers. They'll go six months and be clean, no problem. And something will set, set them off, you know, and for three straight weeks, they're slammed up in a hotel room somewhere, you know what I mean? Sticking a needle in their arm or whatever. Uh, and it's like, it's the, it's a binger mentality. And I, and I was talking about how sin is the same way. You know, mm-hmm. the enemy will let us, he'll let us go for six months without putting something to tempt us in front of us. You know, the, he'll let us break up with that person and get closer to God and go to church for six straight months so that we'll let our guard down so that that person knocks on our door, sends us that text message, right? You know, or yeah. uh, come over my parents are asleep, you know, or whatever. whatever. Like, man. And when that happens, we fall prey. Just like you're talking about, like we, it cycles back around, you know? And, um, I, I think we see that more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, in, in the continual sin portion, uh, we know we don't want to, we find ourselves like Paul, you know, there's things I find myself doing that I told myself I didn't want to do and I wasn't going to do, but here I am. And then the things that I want to do, I don't find myself doing. And I, you know, um, in, in the fight to continue that, I think the fight really isn't fighting against our sin as much as it's fighting to become more like Christ and take on that mind. But nonetheless, like we need to be freed from that sin and the freedom from that sin is going to happen uh, as we step into uh, the mind of Christ. Um, and then, like we said, negativity, it's just negative Nancy's man. Everything's a problem all the time. Like man, I mean, it just, you know, tires me out. It's, it's exhausting. Yep. You know, man, we, we Everybody knows some of those negative people. Ugh. I just can't stand it. I don't. I don't tolerate it, man. I people wonder, like some some people, I don't answer the phone for. You know, I don't. I, you know, I, I send them very short text messages back, and there are even people that have come to me. It's like I know this is a problem for me, and I need you to help me. And I'm like real candid, honest. Like I, I'm, I shoot straight when it comes to people that want me to help them out of their negativity because I'm like I don't deal with it. Mm-mm. I'm like you need to suck it up. Quit being a baby. You're a grown man, you know, like, or a grown woman or what? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, but some people just like, they want to, they want to find something to complain about, about everything. Dude, it's like, like, uh, man, just (laughs) stop. 
Right, right. <laughs> just stop. It's like, what did you go through in life to I, think that everything is that bad? Who hurt you? Yeah, like, you got... <laughs> so, yeah, just just negative. But I think some of it is generational, you know? I think I think oh, there's no a natural... Doubt. I think it's our natural worry state, you know? Like, you can just be a natural worrier. Um, but that's and, not the same as negative, necessarily. Well, what, what I was getting at is you can be a natural worrier, and you can let that lead you to a okay. place where you're in a constant state of negative thought. Oh, okay. I, I am a warrior by nature. I most people don't know that. I am a warrior by. Well, if I see a kid climbing on the on a chair, my first reaction is they're gonna fall. Like I'm a warrior by see, nature. Not me. See, I'm like he's gonna fall, and then he won't do that again. Right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. So I worry, like, oh no, that kid. Now, not so much so that I go and yank every kid off a chair that I see, because I don't let it turn into a negative. He's oh, gonna I crack see. his head open, or he's gonna. Yeah, I don't. It's just one of those things. Where I'm like, ooh, that could probably end badly. Um, but I don't let it own me. And that's a, this, the difference. I don't think, I think it's okay to worry. I think it's okay to look at something and go, Ooh, I could see how that could, I think that's something that's in us. And I think it's fine. So, for some of us, I think it's a protector nature. You know what I mean? If you're a protector, then you see things in a way that you could worry about them to make them better or safer, um, or to protect the people that are around you. And that certainly is me. Um, you know, but with that uh, prime example, um, what was it? Yesterday morning, was it yesterday morning? Which day? Yeah, I think it was yesterday morning. Um, Pastor Dan and Tremaine didn't make it to prayer. Um, 6 a.m. prayer. Martin Luther King Day, people off work, blah, blah, they're with their families. I get it. No, no big deal. But they didn't make it to prayer. That Traditionally, they stand in the back of the room, and they're almost like security, even though it's not like, a, you know, they're just, I'm well aware of their intentions. Um, they weren't there. So when I saw they weren't there, something in my mind clicked and like, I just forced myself like to go stand in the back of the room and watch the door. Cause you never know what's going to pop off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just that it wasn't, I wasn't like, Oh my gosh, what if someone comes in? I'm the only one like, or what? You know, like that wasn't my thought process. It was just like, Hmm, I, I I'm going to put myself in a position that if something happens, I can take care of it. And then that was all I thought about. Like I wasn't, it didn't own me. But I do think some people are just in a constant state of negativity. This is bad, and this is not going to be good. And what happens? I don't know. Like, oh gosh. Yeah, I. Yeah. I can't believe they ordered chocolate cupcakes. Why not the vanilla ones? All right, you know, like. Go get your own dang cupcake. Right. That's what you want. Call them cupcake. Get your own cupcake. Cupcake. Yeah. Um, so negativity, regret. Um, no regrets. No regrets. Um, I think that one's self-explanatory. The relationships, man. Um, I think some of us need to be freed. Well, I think we, you know, elaborate a little bit on freedom from regret. You know, you can't change the past. No, you're not going to do anything about that. Mm-mm. You know, um, you can't even change how your decisions in the past are affecting your present and your future. What you can do is make different decisions in your present to help change your future based on what happened in the past. But you can't change it. You can't take it back. No, and I refuse to live there. Not even that. Like, that's all true. I think of people that... I think of people that have like, you know, we have people within our church that we know that are friends or whatever, that there's so much potential in them to do something like to, for, for God to use them in the gifts he's already placed with inside of them that they're re- right, that they refuse to operate in one day. They're going to regret that. Come on. That's what I mean by when I think of regret. Okay. Yes. I think of one day you're going to be sitting there and saying, how many more people could I have affected for Jesus positively had I just stopped letting insecurity or whatever get the best of me? Yeah. That's the regret that scares me for people. Yeah. It's stuff almost, like that. It's almost borderline fear. Oh, no doubt. Or like maybe you have like this, maybe you work a nine to five that you hate and you have an idea for a business that would be successful. If anything, you'll make the same amount of money that you have at your job. You'll just be working for yourself. Like maybe you won't be a millionaire from it. You'll maybe be happier. more time. Yeah. Maybe, whatever. Like, but it's the regret, like, ah, oh, well, it's just, you know, the the fear of that stepping fear, out. Man. And then and one day they're going to regret that when you could have done it. And if it doesn't work out, man, course correct. And that's what I tell young pe- people. Like, if you're, if you're in your young 20s, man, like, you're still so young that even if you, like, I almost regret not moving away when I was younger like I wanted to. Even if I had done it and didn't like and come home. And you're young, like if you're 25 or under, you can still course correct your life. Like right. even if you wasted two years moving to a city that you ended up not liking, and you come back home, like so what? Well, and even still, man, like you're you're very much like me. Like if I went somewhere for two years, 
and things fell apart. What I would have learned in those two years in the process of things falling apart would have been valuable enough for me to be fine with it. That's right. Like, okay, now I know. Don't open a bowling alley because, <laughs> or what, you know, like, or whatever. I'm not hating right. on bowling. I'm just saying, no. like, bowling if is that were stupid, what, I, but yeah. if, if, I, <laughs> if that <laughs> were what I did and it didn't work out, it's like, all right, now I know not to do that. Yeah. But here's the things that I did learn about management and accounting and opening a business and how it affects your credit score and now and it's just setting yourself up for success or whatever like course, i'm just that person man. correct man and some people are so young enough they can do that and it, yeah. it will never affect them in 10 years it wouldn't matter you spent two years there you spent two years here whatever doesn't matter but just they live like that's the regret that when i see that that i think about that scares me for you're people. almost like you're almost more like fear like fear of failure almost fear of failure yeah and, yeah. and all and how that, that fear is going to lead to regret yeah totally Totally. You know, not the I regret I did this, and I think they're both they're both regret and the need freedom for for both. But sure, um, when I when I read that, that's what I think of as regret. Like, gotcha. and and for me, it's like you said though. Like, I regret things in the, in in my past, some, but like I cannot change it, and yeah. I am who I am today because of a lot of those things. So, had I done yeah, it man. differently, um, you know, I may not be, I may not know what I know or be who I am. So it's yeah. like, well, that's uh, yeah, totally. It's I, like I heard uh Steve Harvey. He said something one time, and he was like, I was who I was, and now I am who I am, and I'm cool with both those people. Yeah, that's good, like, man. I like that, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like people don't pe- – people underestimate the value of a good lesson, you know? And, and I think about – I think about the time I got arrested, you know, when I was, when I was 15 years old, and they, and they called my dad. And when they called my dad, you know, they're like, we've got your son. And they were, he was like, how long do you have to hold him? If I don't come get him. And they're like, oh, just overnight. He'll be released tomorrow afternoon. And he was like, great. Tell him to call me tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and it taught, like, he, it taught me something about, like, you think, you think about a few things when you're in there. I mean, it's juvie. It's what, you know, whatever. But it just, yeah. like, it clicked something in my brain to say, like, man, I don't want to, like, once I turn 18, it's no longer, you know, juvie it's no longer uh-huh. like innocent it's now it's, it's the, real, the real, deal, real deal and i need to start making different decisions so i don't regret that happening because it put me on the course to where i'm at you know like would i rather the lord had just supernaturally dropped that wisdom on me sure um but he chose to let me be a victim of my own foolishness in that moment and i learned from it and thank god that he helped me through that you know so so the, those those are the areas those five areas we need freedom from Yep. So then we have steps to freedom. Steps let's to freedom. So let's, we'll give this to you real quick. Uh, number one, don't romanticize the struggle. Yep. Don't romanticize the struggle. The children of Israel coming out of captivity, you know, they uh, they were in slavery. They were in bondage. They get out, and the minute they get out, well, not the minute, but they're wandering around the desert. And because they started to romanticize what they had instead of looking at what God was trying to give them, um, they started going, man, we should have been, we should be back where we came from, where we had pots of meat, whatever. They didn't have pots of meat. They were slaves. And they, they started to romanticize what they were going, what they had come from as this lavish lifestyle. And that wasn't it. And we do that in our relationships and we do that in, you know, different areas of our own life. You know, when maybe we break up with someone, you know, and then all we can think about in the relationship is how all the good times, but we don't think about all the bad times. You don't think about your ex-fiance and the fact that she threw that ring at your head. All you can remember is the laughing times you guys had when you were hanging out in the mountains of Colorado or whatever, whatever. you know, like <laughs> that's all you can think about. Um, and, and you got to be careful when you're, when you're romanticizing the struggle to not let your comfort override your conviction. Mm-hmm. Don't let your comfort override your conviction because the temptation uh, when it when it comes to freedom, is to become complacent, and when we become complacent, we never get free. Like I, I think I'm okay in this bondage. I'm think I'm okay uh, in this struggle. I think I'm okay being a slave to my circumstances and my sin. And no, like like Savannah said Sunday, which I, she communicated great. Like good enough's not good enough. God has more, and we should want it. You know, absolutely. So, and then number two. Number two is acknowledge the real enemy. We gotta acknowledge the real enemy. And so often in our pursuit of freedom, we need freedom from what someone did to us. Not realizing not realizing whether it was maybe it was your dad, your uncle, your grandfather. You know, maybe they they 
really hurt you. And maybe it was abuse, sexual, emotional, what a physical, whatever, um, verbal abuse. Like maybe that was the case. Maybe it was neglect even. Um, or maybe it wasn't something like that. You know, maybe it was a, a best friend that stabbed you in the back or whatever, but realizing that all of those people aren't our enemy. They're just victims of our enemy. Right. Like the devil is out to destroy them the same way he's out to destroy us. And when we can recognize that if the devil's trying to destroy them, he's going to hurt them. The problem is hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So the damage in them causes them to want to create damage in others. And so the reason that they've hurt us is because they're also hurting. And we got to recognize that they're going through pain and we're going through pain. But we, if we can acknowledge the real enemy, we can take a stand against the real enemy. Uh, and that's Satan in our life um, and, and allow God to do a healing in our life. Um, so that's huge. And so number three. Number three, believe in your anointing. Believe in your anointing. And and to be anointed, uh, to kind of help simplify it a little bit, to be chosen and set apart for a specific plan or purpose. Now in the Old Testament, uh, he would, God would send prophets to anoint people. Um, they would pour oil over them or you know, anoint them with oil and, and do that whole and, and pray over them. And there was a very specific process that God had designed for that. And um, now, and the Old Testament is a, is a representation in the physical of what the New Testament represents in the spiritual. So uh, we may not cover someone with oil like they used to, but the oil in the Old Testament is a representation of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. So when we're anointed, you know, we live in, in technically the New Testament era. Uh, so when we're anointed, what, what that means is that the Holy Spirit, the, the third part of the Godhead, who God is essentially um, to us on earth, comes over us and, and anoints us. It sets us apart for a plan or a purpose. And so we have to believe that because God has set us apart, he's chosen us to, to accomplish a specific plan or purpose, um, that that plan, we, we have to believe in that choosing. We have to believe in that being set apart. We have to believe that God's plan and purpose is big enough. So much so that I want that more than I want the thing that I'm being freed from. Right. The relationship, the regret, the unforgiveness, the continual sin, even um, more than the negativity, more than more, I want what God's trying to do more than I want any of these things. Um, mm-hmm. And that's huge. Cause yeah. that, that's a, that's the game changer. Right. And so we have to look to the anointing because, and uh, I'll give you this as we wrap it up, is true freedom isn't just being free from something. It's being free to something. So God's desire in us being free isn't just so that we're out of bondage, but it's so that we can, we're out of bondage so that we can step into purpose. Yeah. And into that plan and purpose that he's, he's anointed us for. Um, and we have to recognize, you know, if all we're doing in our life is running away from something, trying to get free from something, we're going to spend our whole life fighting a battle that the enemy is pretty strategically set on keeping us in. Because the enemy doesn't care if we ultimately win the battle. If we spend our whole life fighting it, then in his mind, he's won. That's good. And so we have to really put, put ourselves in the position where we're not even fighting the battle anymore. Like, I'm anointed. I'm chosen. For a plan or a purpose, and I'm going after that, and we're being freed to something, not just being freed from something. That's good. So, boom, that's what you got, folks. Who's free now? Free freedom. So, um, yeah, man, we hope that you guys are tuning in. Don't forget, you can go check out uh, on the podcast already. Go listen to the full sermon where we gave a scripture breakdown and a walk through uh, the story of Matthew chapter four. Um, and also partially in Luke, where we really communicated what was going on um, th- biblically as we are navigating these steps. So we'd love for you guys to check that out. You can go check it out on the podcast or on our website. Uh, you can watch it, uh, the video. So Justin, tell me where they can find more info on us. You can find more about us at TransformationChurch.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. And it would mean a lot to us if you're listening, man. Make sure you're uh, subscribing to the channel and uh, share these with your uh, rate, review, all those things. Help, helps us out a lot, so we appreciate that. It helps us get the message out there uh, to, to more people. So uh, we just want to get Jesus out to as many people as we can. So it means a lot to us if you uh, share and rate and review and all those things. We appreciate it. Sounds good, guys. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week for another sermon. Uh, another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See ya. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.